This is BYU Sports Nation, presented by the BYU Store, simulcast on BYU-TV and BYU-Radio. Now live from Studio B, your hosts, Spencer Linton and Dave McCann. That is correct. Welcome to BYU Sports Nation. We're live with your day-to-day play-by-play in Studio B, presented by the BYU Store, official outfitter of BYU fans everywhere. It is Tuesday, November 16th. Wherever and however you're connected, great to have you with us. As mentioned before, I am Spencer Linton alongside my good friend Dave McCann. It's great to have you here, man. Thank you. Thank you. You know, uh, every now and then ships get lost at sea. We lose our car (laughs) keys. Jerem has a morning massage. This is one of those times. (laughs) I would like to point out that Dave has many shades of blue in his closet, and you're never afraid to mix those up, as long as it's blue. Yeah, because blue goes with everything. Yes. And it goes with black. It goes, you know, there's, and then there's shades of blue that go well with each other. There's the navy, there's the royal. There's the, uh, we got a couple of powder blue shirts that sure, look pretty throwing good. it back to the Danny Ainge just whatever sells stuff at the bookstore, that's what, that's what BYU's going to come up with. So Billy Nixon of at BYU Equipment quickly pointed out yesterday, taking some pictures at practice, that, hey, Royal and Navy still look good. Yeah. What, what do you think about that combo, Dave? Looks great. Looks great. I think that'd be a good bowl look, don't you think? Whether it's in the Rose Bowl, the Fiesta Bowl, the Orange Bowl, the Liberty Bowl. <laughs> I think that's a good look, no matter where where they're going. I, I've liked them all this year. You've had a favorite? I, I think the ones they're coming out with on Saturday with the with the royal hat and all white. I, Super I love clean. That. Yeah. Super clean. Yeah, I really like that look. They're calling that the Royal Satake. Okay, sure. So um, whatever, you know, whatever Billy Nixon decides it's called, that's what we go with, and uh, and I'm okay with it. Uh, speaking of shades of blue, our title sponsor, the BYU Store, has the True Blue sale going on right now, Wednesday and Thursday, 20% off through the entire store. So if you want to save some you do money. do the whole wardrobe. Rebuild the whole wardrobe. On shades of blue. Absolutely. Potentially white and gray, you know, as long as it's BYU on it. Check it out, BYUstore.com. They'll have some items with even deeper discounts. The True Blue sale going on right now. All right, Dave, uh, here's your show lineup. Other than new uniform combos, the brand-new college football playoff rankings will be revealed tonight. Will BYU stay put at number 14? Is there still a feasible path to New Year's 6? I think they hang out right where they are, which wouldn't be bad coming through the bye. We'll discuss that more. BYU basketball making their own case for more national prominence and a top 25 ranking. Tell you what, beating the number 12 team in the country would certainly help in that regard. ESPN college basketball analyst Sean Farnham joins us to discuss how BYU matches up with a really good Oregon Ducks team. And does he think Mark Pope has another top 25 caliber team right now? No one jams in more words into an interview (laughs) than Sean Farnham. It's going to be good. It is so true. He's such a wordsmith. He's full of energy. (laughs) Plus, the top five plays from the first two games of the basketball season help us celebrate Top 5 Tuesday. But first, your Tuesday BYU Sports Nation headlines. Dave, start us off. Big one tonight, 10 o'clock Eastern Time, 8 Mountain on ESPN. BYU basketball against number 12 Oregon. They're playing that in Portland, not Eugene. Portland, where BYU fans pack the Portland Pilots Arena every time we go over there. It's going to be a big BYU crowd tonight. Cougars just outside the top 25 in the AP. We wondered if they'd get in uh, this week or not. Sitting at 29, a win tonight would certainly get them in unless Central Methodist has other plans (laughs) Saturday night on BYU TV. And it's the first game away from the Marriott Center. Again, the beauty of it is it's not in a hostile environment. It's at a somewhat neutral floor in Portland. Granted, there'll be plenty of ducks there, but uh, this is a great test. And outside of Gonzaga right now, it is the only game against a team projected in the field of 68 Ooh. for BYU. That makes this a very important victory tonight. Okay. Get it. 
BYU head football coach Kalani Satake, maybe you've heard, has become the center of a growing national conversation featuring his name as a candidate for several open jobs at high-profile colleges and programs. Kalani, he understands how it all works, but insists his focus remains on Georgia Southern and the field. I'm focused on getting our team ready for Georgia Southern playing this game. That's been my focus the entire season is uh, whether you ask that question back in August, September, October, now in November, the, the answer is still the same. I'm trying to take this thing week by week and focus on getting these guys ready to play at their best. We, we have some lineups and some changes in lineups and, and uh, with health issues, trying to get guys back. So all my attention can only go to the boys and trying to give the fans what they want this weekend, which is performing at our best. And I think we do that, we'll, we'll be happy with the result. It's become very clear that BYU fans want Kalani Satake to stay at BYU. Will the athletic administration do what it takes to keep him? This is a fan fascinating conversation. Satake also pointed out, speaking of those health issues, that senior Neil Pau's earliest potential return from injury would be the bowl game. Dave, you said, hey, it could be a number of bowl games. Yeah. If BYU finishes 10-2 and two, and they're in the top 15, I do not think ESPN is going to allow BYU to go to Shreveport. Now, they're not a philanthropy. They're a business, and they will put BYU where it makes the most business sense. Kalani also a candidate for his neighborhood HOA, so um, we'll see how that works out, too. <laughs> There's a lot, of, a lot of moving pieces going on. Aaron Roderick, one of 59 nominees for the Broyles Award. 59, that's uh, awarded annually to the best assistant coach in college football. There's a lot of assistants in college football. Yes. He began his coaching career in 1999 at BYU as a grad assistant for the offense under head coach Lavelle Edwards, leaving in 2002 to pursue other coaching opportunities. He's been back with BYU since 2017, uh, where he started as an offensive consultant. But I'll tell you, if you could sit and pick his brain about offense, as we get the opportunity to do, he knows his stuff, and uh, he's a good candidate for it. Absolutely. BYU women's volleyball climbing the rankings, up to number four in the latest AVCA coaches poll. They're undefeated in conference play. BYU continues their quest for perfection in the WCC. Thursday on the road against Pacific 10 Eastern, Kenzie Kerber continues her superlative season. The WCC Defensive Player of the Week, nine block assists, one solo block, 13 digs for Kenzie against LMU and Pepperdine combined. That's getting it done. She is something special, and she's taking BYU to another level. After destroying New Mexico six to nothing on Saturday, four-seeded BYU in women's soccer advancing to the second round of the NCAA tournament. They'll play Alabama on the road. We know that. We know it's Thursday. Now we know it's at 4 o'clock Eastern time, and you can listen to it live on BYU Radio. Six to nothing over New Mexico. It's like if that was a fight in Vegas, it would have been stopped in the oh, second round. Aye, aye, aye. For the love. Some NFL news. Fred Warner and the San Francisco 49ers pull another shocker. Does anybody know what's going to happen in the NFL this season? It feels like it's at an all-time high of unpredictability. Look at my fantasy football record. Yeah. <laughs> 
You will see some evidence yes, there. You will. San Francisco beats the LA Rams 31 to 10. Warner had eight tackles in a pass defended. He's averaging nine tackles a game, tied for 12th in the NFL in solo tackles overall with 50 on the season. You notice in those games, whenever there's a tackle, if he didn't make the tackle, he's around, he's around. the tackle. Fred's always there. Fred's a good man. Love it. <laughs> All rise and shout. It's time for What's Trending. You're talking about it, and so are we. It's What's Trending on BYU Sports Nation. What's Trending presented by Tim Daly Nissan, part of the Tim Daly Auto Group, serving Utah since 1968. Dave, we've laid out what BYU basketball faces tonight against number 12, Oregon. There are a number of metrics that matter in college basketball, however. We'll find out where BYU lands in the net when those ratings are released later in the season. And, of course, the Ken Palm Index is constantly fluctuating. You've got all sorts of metrics the committee are looking at. Does <laughs> it matter? And yes. smoke and mirrors. In basketball, because there are so many more games and BYU has challenged themselves significantly early in the season. Yeah. Does it matter on the metrics if BYU wins or loses tonight this early? I think it matters for BYU. I don't think it matters for Oregon because there are other games in their league. There's not just one good team in their league that uh, carries that kind of weight. Uh, and so they've got other opportunities. For BYU, it's, um, it's rare that you get the number 12 team in a somewhat neutral venue. Uh, and if you can jump on that, on the heels of beating San Diego State and Cleveland State, two teams that we expect will be in the tournament. That allows you to ride a low RPI, I think, throughout. And there aren't that many opportunities, and we mentioned a moment ago, there aren't, as we sit today, and I was just reading this morning, um, Gonzaga and Oregon are the only teams left on BYU's schedule that are projected to be in the big dance right now. now we think Cleveland State will be, we think San Diego State will be, but, but as it sits right now, and so, man, if you get a chance at any time in the season to add that, I, I think it becomes big. Bigger for BYU, is it a season killer if they lose? No. But they could sure get uh, uh, some, uh, some money in the bank, so to speak, sure. when a St. Mary's might sneak up on a certain night and get you. Absolutely. This is a bona fide quadrant one opportunity for BYU. Oregon's going to be in the top 50 of the net rankings all year because it's at a neutral site, and that's how they weigh that. Yeah. This, this is a massive opportunity for BYU to go out and, as you said, throw some hay in the barn for a while, stock up for the winter, right? Right, because we're into football. This is This is – the biggest weeks of the football season. And so to have a basketball game just kind of tucked away on ESPN late at night against a team that can really help you three months from now, go out and get this one. So by the metrics, Oregon is number 22 in the Ken Palm, 13 in ESPN's Basketball Power Index, and as previously mentioned a few times, number 12 according to the media poll. BYU four spots out. I imagine – this will be a very competitive, close game and something like we've seen in the first two contests from BYU because neither team has had time to really gel yet. Right. Oregon's dealing with a couple of guys that are still out. BYU's trying to work out their own kinks and figure out how to deal with Richard Harward not being available. And so it just feels like it's going to be kind of like the San Diego State and Cleveland State games, and it's going to be a defensive struggle. There's a ton of athleticism all over the floor from both of these teams. And maybe it's just a, a three-pointer here and there that a team has an advantage in that maybe proves to be the difference tonight. Yeah, and if that uh, three-pointer is being shot by Alex Barcelo, I like BYU's a chances. chance that it's going to go in. He seems to be the only guy that's knocking him down consistently. Yeah, they've got to figure out losing Richard Harward is huge. And even the Aztecs were talking to us on our way out the door the other night that uh, they could get – 
on the wings, they could get to the basket every time. And they scored a lot of points in the second half, just beating a guy and going in from the side and getting a layup. But, but as they pointed out, when Richard Harward's there, that's closed off. And um, he's 6'11", big brick. Uh, Got to get him back. And they may not get him back. They're not going to have him back for at least three weeks. That, he could be really missed tonight where you just need a, you need a wall in sure. there to, to, you know, get guys to change their shot just a little bit. Um, so I think he'll be missed tonight. Now, college basketball is so interesting because in this sport, you can lose games and you're still kind of padding your resume. Yeah. Like the fact that BYU is even playing this game. It's a great win. Will help their resume. So if they win it, it's like, whoa. Like in the metrics, if they win, it will have a huge difference. If they lose this it game. It doesn't kill them. I don't think it hurts them that much. And so that, that's kind of a, an interesting dynamic that's specific to college basketball when you play these high-level games. Yeah, you lose to Central Methodist and you bring in, in big the trouble. psychologists, psychiatrists, and everybody else. Yes. You're in big trouble. And you're in huge trouble. Playing with house money tonight in Portland. Uh, get after it. Okay. Topic two, Dave. BYU football awaiting what happens with the college football playoff committee tonight. Yeah. yeah. So my question for you is, do you expect to see the Cougars move up or down? I mean, move in any direction when the new college football playoff poll is released tonight. They're currently at number 14. I thought if they were going to move up, they would have done it last week because there were more teams that lost right in front of them. Um, I know Texas A&M lost in front of them by Ole Miss beat them right, right. behind BYU. I, I would think Ole Miss would flip sure. and move ahead of BYU. I think after coming through a bye week, if they can just maintain where they are, that, that would be a win uh, with Georgia Southern coming up and then and then USC, which is really the last chance to give yourself some punch. But, um, boy, I tell you what, Baylor looked good. Oklahoma's going to drop. Oklahoma's going to drop. They might drop all the way to number 13 because everybody behind them except A&M won. But like you said, Ole Miss is going to jump BYU and probably take A&M's spot, you would think, winning that head-to-head matchup on Saturday. And Oklahoma's going to lose again, I think, to Oklahoma State. That's coming up. Ohio State and Michigan State play this week. Then Ohio State and Michigan got to play. Um, so, yeah, there's there's a couple of things going on in there that uh, that are going to move some things. I don't think Cincinnati's going to lose. Uh, Oregon, could they lose to Utah and then beat Utah in the Pac-12 championship game, which would be, um, yeah, you know, we'll, we'll see about that one. But I, I don't think Oregon should be three anyway. They've just been skirting by, and, and, and maybe Utah will put the hurt on them this weekend. Sure. I don't know. But Alabama and Georgia are going to play each other in the SEC championship game. And then the question becomes, if, if the loser of that game, how far do they fall? Sure. If Alabama loses that and becomes a two-loss Alabama, does the committee say, okay, with two losses, we can't. We can't keep them over an undefeated Cincinnati. Or do they say, no, there's that two losses. Clearly they don't care about Cincinnati. It's like, yeah, they'll stay off social media for a week and dodge all the Cincinnati bullets. But that will be a tough call, especially if they play Georgia tight. Uh, Because then they go, hey, we got a rematch coming. And and who wouldn't watch that? But, you know, Alabama's always going to get the benefit of the doubt. Sometimes we debate all the time that this time they're not going to get the benefit of the doubt. That day has never happened. And so I think uh, that'll be an interesting one. But uh, I kind of feel I wouldn't be surprised if we just hang right where we are. Yeah, and I fully anticipate the BYU will stay right at number 14. I think the big mover is going to be Oklahoma. They end up in the 13th spot right before BYU. How yeah. about that? You get the Sooners Oklahoma out with one loss, but not much of a resume as far as wins go at number 13, then BYU right behind, and then we'll see what happens. Then you need chaos from 
number nine to number thirteen to help BYU try and jump into that yeah. top eleven or twelve. I don't think it, I don't see happens. anyone jumping BYU. No, because they, they all lost this last week not behind them, week. except for Ole Miss. All right, our question of the day. We've talked about BYU and Oregon on the basketball floor and the college football playoff rankings. Both are at the top of mind. What has your attention more today? Is it the Oregon game for BYU basketball, or is it what happens with the committee and the college football playoff rankings? Let's go to Voice of the Nation. This is the Voice of the Nation on BYU Sports Nation. First response in from at jfloyd314 on Twitter. Basketball. Beating Oregon would be huge. BYU aren't underdogs again after tonight until they play Gonzaga. This is an opportunity to set ourselves up for a really special season. That's true. That's true. They do that, and, and they're well on their way. Oh, man, it's our 3-0 and with three wins against teams that were in the tournament last year. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And then you had some cupcakes coming in just for the holidays. Uh, Joshua Landon, our second response on Twitter. Basketball for sure. BYU-BB has a lot more to gain from playing today than BYU football did a week and a half ago. Possible upward trajectory for BYU basketball is also greater at this point in time than football, especially because basketball controls their fate a lot more right now. There's just more time. There are more games and more time for BYU basketball to move up or down depending on what they do. Yeah. So, I mean... It's, it's tough. I mean, when you get that high in the rankings as a football team, there's not much room to move, right? It's just harder to move up. You yes. need help. Yes, especially you had Idaho State, Abaya, and Georgia Southern. Yeah. You know, with BYU made their case earlier in the yeah. year, Is which was enough? legit. Uh, but, you know, what? it's the here and now. What did you just see? And so everyone's thinking, uh, number 12, Oregon. Yeah, let's – Let's focus on that. Sure. Hashtag BYUS on Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram if you want to join that conversation whenever it's convenient for you. All right, coming up, Dave, what's on tap? Did Tom Holmo, BYU's athletic director, tip his hand in a specific tweet? Ooh, okay. He and likes he, to tweet. Yes, he does. <laughs> ESPN Sean Farnham, college basketball insider and analyst, will be courtside to call Oregon and BYU tonight. We'll talk to him about how the Cougars match up with the Ducks. This is BYU Sports Station. This portion of BYU Sports Nation is presented by the Tim Daly Auto Group, serving Utah since 1968. BYU Sports Nation is presented by the BYU Store, official outfitter of BYU fans everywhere. BYU basketball in the great Northwest tonight to face number 12 Oregon in Portland at the home of the Trailblazers. Listen tonight. On BYU Radio, complete coverage beginning at 9 Eastern with Cougar Free Game Live. Greg Rebell, Mark Durant on the call, live on the BYU Radio or the app, whichever you choose. We are live at Studio B. Great to have you with us alongside the man, Dave McCann. I am Spencer Linton. We now welcome in ESPN College Basketball Analyst, Insider, and Expert Sean Farnham, friend of the program who is going to have a great seat tonight for BYU in Oregon. And Sean as a UCLA guy and a Pac-12 insider, can you give BYU some insight on how to beat the really good Ducks team tonight? Listen, can I just start off with the fact that I'm really excited I'm in the building yes. to call a game tonight. Like, it is, it feels so good to be back out on the road and be able to watch these teams uh, in person. To answer your question, listen, this is an Oregon Ducks team um, that has a lot of new parts to it, as always. I always say this, Dana Altman, uh, has worked the transfer portal long before the transfer portal was cool to work. And this year, he's got three guys in particular. Davion Harmon uh, played at Oklahoma. Quincy Guerrier 
who uh, played at Syracuse. Those two guys in particular have caused a lot of issues. And then you bring in a Jacob Young from Rutgers who brings a defensive mindset. So you have three guys that are established double-digit scorers at Power 5 conferences and then are coming into Oregon to mix in with a Will Richardson, uh, who I think personally could be the Pac-12 player of the year and is off to a sensational start once again. So they have scoring options. There's multiple guys out on the floor that can score the basketball. Like BYU, what you'll see, though, is because of you know Richard being out, uh, you have a lack of size and a lack of depth there. Well, Nafale Dante is still out for Oregon from an injury a year ago. So they have a little bit of a lack of depth down low at the center position. Uh, so I think that, that they, they're very similar in how they play. They're very similar in how they look to score. A lot of it being predicated upon their guards and their ability to, to make the defense shift, rotate, and then knock down wide open threes. Sean, how do you think BYU's game against San Diego State, very aggressive, uh, very good defensive team, very good rebounding team, Beating them here, how did that prepare them for what they might see later tonight? Listen, for me, uh, I've learned more about BYU in this early season than I have uh, about Oregon. And that's based on the fact that the two opponents that BYU has faced already will be in the NCAA tournament at the end of the year. I would mean, be shocked if, if either one of Cleveland State or San Diego State uh, weren't in the NCAA field. And there's a reason why, you know, over the last two seasons, San Diego State, I believe, was 53-7. and seven. Uh, Matt Bradley will lead... Uh, the Mountain West Conference most likely in scoring this year. And for him to only have four made field goals, what that tells me is there there's an effort that has shifted and changed a little bit with BYU this year and the focus being on the defensive end of the floor. I listened to Spencer uh, during one of the games. I think it was the Cleveland State game where he said that coach said they need to get stops, they need to get stops, they need to get stops, they need to get stops. Yep. And he said it, I think, four times, if I'm not mistaken. Um, but yeah, I paid attention to BYU TV. And, <laughs> you know, it, it, the, the truth of the matter is for this team to be great, for this team to have a chance to win a conference championship, for this team to advance in the NCAA tournament, it is going to need to be a disruptive team at the defensive end. It doesn't need to be the best defensive team in the country, but it needs to be disruptive and it needs to force their opponent to take shots that are lesser, higher percentage shots than what they would normally get out of their offense. And I think that's what I saw most about the San Diego State game. And I'm interested to see if they can be disruptive tonight on the defensive end of the floor against Oregon. ESPN college basketball insider and analyst Sean Farnham is with us on BYU Sports Nation. Sean, let's focus specifically on BYU within the national standpoint and limelight. Uh, some of your media colleagues, Jeff Goodman notably has BYU number 17 in his poll. I think Andy Katz had BYU at number 28. BYU is receiving votes just outside the top 25. Are they a top 25 caliber team or do you need to see some more? No, they should have been in the top 25 this week. If I had a vote in the AP top 25, I would have put them in the top 25. I, again, two wins against tournament quality teams. Um, and, and when, when selection Sunday comes and looking at seating process for BYU, uh, they'll say, okay, how many wins do you have against the field? Well, they've already got two. If they get one tonight, that'll be three to start the season. So that's really impressive. And, and I credit Mark Pope uh, for the aggressive scheduling. And, and while maybe Cleveland State doesn't have the national name that some other programs have, well, that was a team that took uh, Houston to uh, the brink last year in the NCAA tournament and returned to everybody. I mean, that, that is a tough, tough team. And then Brian Dutcher's squad at San Diego State, year in and year out, uh, they, are, they are one of the more physical and best defensive teams in the country. So that's why that game was a little bit more of a grinder. I think this is a top 25 team. Do I think that they're top 15? I don't right now. Uh, can they get there potentially? 
but I think right now they're somewhere between 15 and 25. I know they're, I think they're at like 29 or 30. If you count, you know, the teams after uh, the, the ones receiving votes. So they're in the ballpark. I think all they have to do is continue to take care of business. Uh, they beat Oregon tonight. They'll be in the top 25 next week. Uh, if that's, if that indeed happens, let's get your take on this. This is a strategic scheduling game for for both coaches to play each other in Portland not Eugene and, and not Provo and it's November we haven't had Thanksgiving yet but but it seems to me in a game like this the winner can win a lot and the loser doesn't lose very much just the fact that they played each other will benefit uh, when the committee starts to look over their work yeah and I would go to what Chris Beard said after they uh from the Texas head coach after they lost to Gonzaga uh over the weekend uh, he said, listen, no, basketball benefits from this game. We benefited from this game. Gonzaga benefited from this game. And I think the same can be said for the quality of game that we're going to see tonight. Uh, these are two NCAA tournament teams. Uh, you're going to, this is a check-in and check-up. Uh, check-in, let's see how we're doing. Check-up, where do we need to get better? And I, I think for both teams, regardless of who wins this game, both teams are going to approach it the same way and know that there's a ton that they can learn and grow from in the course of this game tonight uh, that will help them as they move forward in their season. You know, college basketball is crazy. You know, we talk about undefeated teams and obviously the Gonzaga Bulldogs and the WCC had a, had a great run last year until they went to the national championship game and took their first loss of the year. There hasn't been an undefeated national champion since the 70s. Uh, there's a reason for that. It's, it's hard. Um, and so teams are going to take a loss. And tonight, maybe BYU takes a loss tonight. But in that loss, I promise you, they're going to learn a lot more that would allow them to be successful in the WCC. And if they win, by the way, it doesn't mean that they won the national championship. It means that there's still something they can learn and get better at uh, to, to be able to get better for conference play and be able to hopefully bring a championship back uh, to Provo. Because I know that's what Mark Pope has talked about with me in my conversations leading up to the game is, listen, we haven't left our mark on the WCC yet. And our mark needs to be a championship. And they don't want to leave to go to the Big 12 without – winning a conference championship. And obviously it's a steep hill once again to climb this year. It's no surprise who's who's right there standing in front of them. Uh, but but it's going to be a great battle this year. And I think it's going to be a better battle than even what we've seen uh, saw last year. Could be reminiscent of what we saw two years ago in the Marriott Center. That was a pretty special environment. Mm -hmm. Sean, let's talk about the Big 12. How do you feel BYU in 2023 will fit in with what on paper over the past five years has been what many experts say, the best basketball conference in America. Uh, by Ken Palm standards, it has been the best conference uh, in the country. And Ken Palm, for those of you who don't know, is a great guy that does analytics and breaks down the numbers. Uh, very, very great basketball conference from top to bottom. And yeah, you're losing two brands in Oklahoma and Texas. Uh, but statistically speaking, with the teams and the programs that they brought in, that had you brought in those teams last year, BYU, Houston, Cincinnati, all of them would have been uh, maintained that position of having the Big 12 be the number one ranked conference in the country. Uh, it's a step up. Here's the difference, right? When, when BYU plays Gonzaga, it's it, everybody knows it's a heavyweight fight, right? It's a, it's a main event, top card of UFC, whatever you're interested in in combat sports world, uh, it would be the main event. And, and when you go to the Big 12, every game becomes the main event. When you go to Kansas, when you go to Baylor, when you go to visit the Hilton Magic at Iowa State. So there's no games where you're like, okay, this is an easy one. We can, a soft landing at the end of this game, and we're going to win by 20. There aren't those games inside the Big 12. So that's going to be a change. Uh, I think what you're going to see, though, from Mark Pope and this coaching staff is a renewed uh, effort to increase the talent pool in which they can go out and recruit. Uh, Colin Chandler is a prime example of that, the kid, young man who committed last week. He's, he's a star. 
He's a flat-out star, and he is going to be a star at BYU. He is going to be a star inside the Big 12, and those are the type of players you need if you're going to try to compete with championships. But, I mean, I close my eyes, and I think – and I, you look, BYU fans have given me a lot of grief over my excitement and my <laughs> my energy in that win against Gonzaga. I see it all the time, guys. I hear you. I understand. You guys are misconstruing everything. I've loved that environment. I've said it over and over again. It's the best environment I've covered in 20 years of covering basketball uh, on the television market. So I close my eyes and I think, man, imagine when Kansas comes to town. Oh, boy. Imagine when Baylor comes to town. Imagine when Texas Tech, who's recently been in the Final Four, and I know they've gone through a coaching change, comes to town. How insane is that building going to be? I mean, it's going to be fantastic. And, and from a television perspective, from a broadcaster perspective, I love walking into environments that are electric and lit. And, and BYU has always had a great home court advantage. Uh, but when it comes to the Big 12, man, I, I, think, I think they're going to blow the roof off that place. Sean Farnham calling the game tonight on ESPN, BYU, and Oregon. Let's finish with BYU's current star, Alex Barcelo. There is a calmness to him that we saw in the Cleveland State game and in the San Diego State game of just kind of biding his time, waiting for the moment, and then when they need a big shot, he sticks one and then another and another and then puts the game away. Uh, what do you think of Alex and this last year of his, and, and how, how good can he be this season? I think he could be as good as he wants to be. I, I think, you know, honorable mention, All-American, third-team All-American, second-team All-American, those are there in front of him. I don't, I don't think he's a first-team All-American. I think we have so much talent returning to college basketball this year. It'd be really tough for him to achieve at that level. Uh, but what I like about him is, to your point, is he's allowing the game to come to him. He's not forcing the issue. I thought at times last year that Alex Porcello uh, tried too hard, and in, in particular in big games, like he he took on that sh the, the shoulder shouldering of of I'm the leader of this team. And when things got tough in some of those games in the WCC, he he was just trying a little bit too hard. He got a little too tense. I haven't seen that in the early stages of this season. What I've seen is a player that's very confident. Uh, Tejon Lucas and him are, are building a nice chemistry together. I think that's really important to Alex's success is that, that Tejon has success as well at the guard position. He's got to shoot it better than obviously he has in the first couple of games in Tejon Lucas. Uh, but Alex Barcelo has been great. And I expect in the big, big moment that he will be the guy that takes the big shot. I will expect that when the opponent goes on a run, that he is going to be the guy that steps up and, and knocks down that shot. And if he's able to do that all year long, I think that he's going to help lead BYU more importantly than the individual accolades would be back to the NCAA tournament and have a chance and an opportunity once again to advance. And I think that when you look at the last three years in particular for Mark Pope, whether it was getting them nationally ranked a couple of years back, I still believe that there was an NCAA tournament in 2020 that this BYU team would have at the very least been able to make the Sweet 16, easily could have made the Elite Eight, and could have been a player for the Final Four with as good as that team was playing down the stretch with Haas, Toulson, Childs. Uh, I love that team, and I love the toughness that they had at the defensive end of the floor. What I think most importantly for Alex Barcelo has been his commitment to the defensive end so far. Taking a couple charges, I've seen that. Uh, you know, He has to be the guy that gives this team 
that little edge at the defensive end. Because if this team maintains the defensive awareness that they've shown so far in the first two games, I think it's going to be a really successful season for the Cougars. If they rely on their offense, which I think last year's team did a little bit too much at times and wasn't as, as tough and as physical as they need to be at the defensive end of the floor, well, then you're going to take some unexpected losses. Uh, but if you, you bring that defense every single night, it gives you an, a fighter's chance to find success. And so far, this team has had that fighter's chance and grinded through that game in particular against San Diego State when the offense wasn't as flowing as freely as it has in the past. And I think that's going to bode well for this team moving forward. The extremely well-versed Sean Farnham bringing it on BYU Sports Nation. Great to have you on the show. We're looking forward to the call. Love to see you uh, rocking the know. coaches for cancer I, I hat, got, too. Yeah, no, I've always rocked this, but I, I got to know. Okay, what's the score on the 18th between the Cougs, the WCC champions in women's soccer, going down to Tuscaloosa, Alabama, to take on the tide. What's the score? Do we got a prediction here? Listen, we got Sean. A prediction. We got we're West gonna, Coast Mafia has got to come through here. Yes. BYU averages more than three and a half goals per game. I'm calling a four to one win on the road against Alabama. Let's go. This let's, is the Alabama that we want. This is the Alabama yeah, BYU team that we wants want. Bama in soccer. <laughs> Absolutely. <laughs> let's go. It's going to be a great game. Hey, great to it's have you, It's been a great man. season for them. Just do me one last favor. Make sure BYU doesn't face UCLA in the first round of the NCAA tournament this yeah, year, okay? That, that doesn't work out. Look, if they're playing in the first round of the NCAA <laughs> tournament, I'm driving to Indianapolis personally to ask one question. What's wrong? with you guys there's no way that can happen great stuff all right thanks sean great to talk to you sean farnham on byu sports station from espn that guy's the best a treasure trove of information he really is it's incredible like his mind how it works and just he loves college basketball and you can feel the passion from him yeah and you'll feel it in his voice tonight and and there's a product on the floor tonight with byu and oregon that uh that a lot of folks will look at on ESPN. I think 10 Eastern, uh, but hey, that's that's 8 o'clock. It's perfect time here in the Mountain Zone. Uh, big game tonight. Big early game. It seems so early yeah. to have these kind of games because football still has some big games ahead. But, uh, yeah, we'll be watching. Be great. Got the number one thrill score, according to uh, the previously mentioned Ken Palm ratings. All right, coming up, I'll go one-on-one with D'Angelo Mandel as we switch back to BYU football in preparation for Georgia Southern. And how do you all plan on navigating November 27th? Because there are some big things happening on that day at the same time. This is BYU Sports Nation. This portion of BYU Sports Nation is presented by Visible Supply Chain Management. The 2-0 BYU women's basketball team fresh off a big win over Fresno State, which Dave McCann called Kristen Kozlowski, will host Arizona State Wednesday matinee, 1 Eastern, 11 a.m. Mountain Time. You can watch it live on BYU TV tomorrow. He is Dave McCann. I am Spencer Linton. This is BYU Sports Nation. Follow us on the five major social media platforms. Interact with us whenever you want. Dave, I think it's time to whip it. And whip it good? Yes. Hope you picked that up. I saw Devo in concert in Vegas one night. Crazy. Oh, man. That's incredible. That's old school. Cougar Whip represented by Visible Supply Chain Management tackling America's most challenging shipping problems. Lead us off, Dave. KBN Kyle Van Noy tweets, USC should, quote, throw the bag, throw him the bag, talking about offering Kalani the coaching position with the Trojans. Are you okay with Kyle Van Noy playing the role of Kalani's agent? Well, I'm okay with Kyle Van Noy voicing his opinion because it's commentary like this that I feel like gets the attention of everybody in the BYU athletic department. Yeah. And then the scramble happens, and this just 
furthers the conversation for BYU to do more to keep Kalani. So I'm totally okay with it. Kalani can send Kyle a fruit basket once yes. his new BYU deal yes, is done. Yes, absolutely. A fan named Parker tweeted the following, to which Tom Homo replied with simply a smiley face. Listen to this. Do you think Tom Homo would even know Kalani was being considered for other coaching positions and that BYU needed to give the coaching staff more money if everyone wasn't tagging him in their tweets? And then again, the smiley face response. Tom is very aware of what happens on the Twitter machine with BYU fans and what BYU fans are saying about him in the program. And he likes to engage with him. BYU's got to be careful. You see a kid outside your house playing with matches, you go take the matches away. Do not. Fire starts. Sometimes a house burns down before the fire department can get there. BYU does not want to lose their head football coach. Not going into the Big 12? No. Not at all. No. But never say never. I'm just saying be careful. Is, Is the smiley face his way of confirming that things are okay? I think the smiley case is confirming that he is the athletic director. He's aware. (laughs) And he's aware. Yes. All right. How are you planning on navigating the November 27th conundrum of the BYU-USC football game at 10.30 Eastern time Uh and the BYU-Utah basketball game at 9.30 Eastern time? So some of that is going to carry over and they'll be on at the same time. BYU on ESPN where the free world can get everything. Uh Uh-huh. That game on the Pac-12 network where I know three people that that can get that. (laughs) Well, uh, with the beauty of technology and subscription services, I'm sure I can figure out a way to stream (laughs) basketball on my phone while I'm standing fieldside in the Coliseum doing the show live with you, countdown to kickoff. So we'll have have multi-screens. The beauty is... We're at BYU TV, Dave, so we do we do have the capability to patch into a satellite, and you guys can watch the game. And we'll put on some highlights during countdown while you're in L.A. We have a 90-minute special that night leading up to the Cougars and Trojans in the biggest November game of in a long, long time and for oh Cougar man. football. Yeah. And I don't even care what USC's record is. It's big. We'll figure it out. We'll find a way to enjoy both yeah, and so keep people updated and apprised. All right. Coming up, Dave, what's on the way? We got our, what, what do we have? Our top five plays? Yes, top five Tuesday. Tuesday. Absolutely. And then we're going for tacos after. Is it Taco Tuesday? It's Taco Tuesday. <laughs> oh, man. I think that's how that happens. And my one-on-one with BYU football defense back, D'Angelo Mandel. When did he feel like he really could play with ultimate swagger? This is BYU Sports Nation. He's got some swag. BYU Sports Nation is presented by the BYU Store. Official outfitter of BYU fans everywhere. It's another Kalani Sataki and Mark Pope combined coaches show this Wednesday. That's must-see TV. It's like Siegfried and Roy, those two. <laughs> Kalani talking about Georgia Southern. Coach Pope recapping tonight's big game against Oregon. Watch it Wednesday night, 8.30 Eastern time on the free BYU TV app. Welcome back to BYU Sports Nation live from Studio B alongside Dave McCann. I'm Spencer Linton. I recently had a chance to speak with a guy who has ultimate swagger on the BYU football team, defensive back D'Angelo Mandel. We're BYU Sports Nation all access one-on-one. D'Angelo, other than what I hope is a lot of sleep, maybe a little homework on the side, what was the best thing you accomplished during the bye week? Uh, watching film, for sure. Not a lot of physical stuff going on, but I could do a lot more on the mental side of the game, so just watching film and studying up for the game this week. Oh, credit to you for uh, digging in. So at this point, what do you know about Georgia Southern? And maybe more importantly, what about you and what you want to do better as you push forward? 
just be disciplined. The triple option, you got to be disciplined, and that's the biggest thing. Uh, just staying home, tackling, obviously, and just being in the right spots. It definitely puts the defensive backs in a unique scenario defending the triple option. Do you enjoy this challenge? Oh, for sure. It's a new challenge, new week. It's not typical. I mean, you don't see it that often, especially now in football. So seeing stuff like this is always fun to do. Hopefully I can get some more tackles in, too. Hey, hey, I won't complain about that, that's for sure. As far as a defensive back unit goes, why do you feel like BYU and that specific position has enjoyed such great success this season? Just the development over the years. You've seen the, me, Keenan, Malik, as they all come in young. We've been playing ever since we got here, but there's some ups and downs, but I just think we've been working hard for the past three years and it's finally shown uh, everything we put in. And obviously bringing in Caleb too from Oregon State and he's doing what he's doing. So imagine we got a good room, deep group, good players. D'Angelo Mandel with us on BYU Sports Nation. I got to give a shout out to my guy, Gennaro Guilford, who coaches you guys. What type of an impact has he had on the position room? A huge impact. I mean, G will tell you he played here too. He's been through the same stuff we've been through. So he really can just give us advice on everything that he's already seen. Um, he knows what he's doing. Great coach. Great dude and go for him for anything. Um, He's definitely helped us bring our game to the next level just with our mentality and how we approach things. Now, D'Lo, you've got a really infectious swagger that's really fun to watch on the field, almost like you question why another team would throw at you. And I really appreciate that mentality. But how do you develop that? Because not very many people can get to that place. A lot of hard work. It wasn't – it didn't just show up out of nowhere. Um Took a lot of work, especially in the offseason, getting to where I want to be. Still not where exactly I want to be yet, but getting close. Uh, then again, too, it's just football. You got to walk out there with a little bit of a little bit of drip, a little bit of swag sometimes, let people know that you're just a little different. I could use a whole lot of drip in my life, but that's a conversation for another day. Okay, D'Lo, Georgia Southern is anticipating a record-setting crowd at their stadium this Saturday. Obviously, BYU fans have a lot to do with that and driving the ticket number up. What does it mean to you when you see droves of BYU fans show up in remote places like Statesboro, Georgia? This makes the way games home games. I mean, we've seen it over the years to the Vegas game, the first year, this, this first game, um, Wisconsin, my freshman year, Tennessee, like they just try, we just travel well. And it makes things just a lot more comfortable. Even uh, Washington State this year, I think they was louder than Washington State's crowd. So it just makes things more fun and more enjoyable. Yeah, I can confirm that the crowd in Pullman, Washington from BYU was louder than Washington State. I was there, I couldn't believe it on the sidelines. D'Angelo Mandel with us on BYU Sports Nation. As you look at Georgia Southern and USC, where do you feel like BYU needs to be better over the next two weeks? Energy. We need energy at full blast on all times. Because I think that's when we play our best. I mean, obviously, fundamental scheme, all that comes into it. But we play our best when everyone is bought in and excited and treating it like it's the first game of the year again. Just the energy and excitement. D'Angelo, not too long ago, we enjoyed your Deep Blue special and hearing about your story and meeting 
some of those that are in your close circles. What do those people and your family members think about your decision to come to BYU after seeing your success here? Uh, they love it. Uh, wish you guys could see them when they're in the stands, but they're going crazy, having a great time. <laughs> uh, made a lot of friends since they've been here, obviously. And then honestly, to them, it just feels like a second home for them now, too. Uh, they've been to almost every single game, and they've enjoyed every second of it. I think they like it almost more than me, to be honest. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I love to hear it. D'Angelo, we thank you for the time, man. Let's give you some BYU Sports Nation karma to go and do your thing. Take that drip to Statesboro. Have a great game, and we'll see you down in Georgia. Thank you. Appreciate it. D'Angelo Mandel with us on BYU Sports Station. I love it when uh, one specific experience, he's running towards my sideline that I'm standing on. They throw a pass at him. He knocks it down, and he just kind of looks at me like, Man, I can't believe they would throw at me. And runs back <laughs> and gets ready for another play. He's such a fun guy and great to have back there. A great representative of, of BYU. Yeah. And uh, you'll have to catch up to him when you're back there. Yeah. Hold absolutely. him accountable for that triple option. Absolutely. All right, coming up, we're going to double down. We'll give our double down picks for tonight's game. We've got some good ones. Plus, it's Top 5 Tuesday and a Taco Tuesday. Top five plays from the first two basketball games of the BYU season. This is BYU Sports Nation. This portion of BYU Sports Nation is presented by Delta Airlines. Keep climbing. This portion of BYU Sports Nation is presented by Mountain America, the official credit union of BYU Athletics. Thursday, BYU soccer takes on Alabama, second round of the NCAA tournament. Greg Rebell will have the live play-by-play on BYU Radio. Here in Utah, it's 107.9. Everywhere else around the world, BYUcougars.com. BYU Sports Station, always available on demand via the BYU TV and BYU Radio apps. Don't, download the podcast, Google BYU Sports Nation podcast, and don't forget, subscribe, rate, and review the show. These guys love it when you review them. It's true. We do. <laughs> they believe every word. Yeah. Seven stars, please. It's time for Top 5 Tuesday, presented by Delta Airlines. Keep climbing. And it is the Top 5 Plays from BYU men's basketball's 2-0 start to the season. Let's go, Dave. Number five. We had a lot of good plays, too, to pick from. Number five, Caleb Lohner, Tijon Lucas. Then the screen is going to be set. And then watch Lucas. Back to Lohner. Monster dunk. Brought the crowd to its feet. That's a good one. Love that. Number four. Just over two minutes left, and BYU holding on to a six-point lead. Spencer Johnson seals the deal against Cleveland State. With his block, punctuated a great night defensively, plus he draws a foul while going to recover the loose ball. Spencer Johnson, the defensive specialist. He is a defensive specialist. Number three, one of the best surprises of the week, Fusini Traore, freshman, coming up with a big block on San Diego State's Keisha Johnson. Johnson tried to get Fus with the reverse. The reverse was not there. This was one of the Uh. highlights of Fus's big night. Nine points, eight rebounds, true freshman. He is going to be good, and he's going to still be in that lineup when the Big 12 comes around. Talk to the hand, number two. T. John Lucas showing off some more of that playmaking ability in the season opener. This time, oh, circus shot. Weaves his way through the defense. A little up and under with some English. This bucket helped the Cougars extend their lead to seven just seconds before the halftime buzzer sounded. Oh, T. John. Beautiful. Number one. Biggest shot of the week belongs to Big Shot Barcelo. Tied at 54, just over three minutes to play. There it is. 
in the corner buries the three got fouled on it but they didn't call it. Barcelo is money in crunch time. We Ooh, saw that yes. both times and this shot the rock was on fire. They did a nice job. 69% from the field in opening week for Barcelo 57% from three average 20 and a half points a game. Uh, one piece of advice for Alex moving forward. Shoot more often. Yes please. It's a ball night. Time for our BYU Sports Station double down predictions for tonight's Oregon game. We give two predictions. Each one we get correct is worth one point. We get both correct. There's a bonus point for a total of three possible points each game. Okay, the standings going into right. tonight. Jerem's got four points. I've got two. Jerem's picks now. What, he phoned some in? He did. He says BYU will cover the four and a half point spread. Okay. That's Jerem the Greek Jordan. All right. <laughs> <laughs> the BYU bench will outscore Oregon's bench as his second pick. Okay, Dave, that's, what do you that's got? That's not a stretch. That's not a stretch. I got Caleb Lohner. He's going to find his offense tonight. Double-double. Double-double. Now, you know, he knows how to rebound. All I right. go back to UCLA in the tournament at 10 boards. His shot just hasn't been there. Okay. I think he's it's just got to slow down a little bit for him. Uh, and I think it will tonight, or at least he'll get some buckets around the rim. Double-double against Oregon for Loner. That's a big one. And then if BYU wins the rebounding battle, they will win the game. Wow. Okay, some things to watch. You get second-chance points, remember, with it rebounds. Yeah. That's it. I'm, I'm planning on what can I win, six points if I get both right? Sure. Yeah, okay. I'll, I'll do that. That gets me in the game. Yeah. All right, what are yours? Yeah, I don't make the rules, but yeah, why not? <laughs> why not? Number one. This game will be decided by five or fewer points. I think this is going to be a grinded out game. Another yeah. one. It's going to be close down to the wire. This game will be decided by five or fewer points. Number two, BYU is going to score a season high of 70 plus tonight. 66 points against San Diego State, right. 69 against Cleveland State, both on their home floor. Okay. Maybe they go on their own, get a little more comfortable. Some threes fall. 70 plus tonight against Oregon. Hey, the last time they played a team ranked as high uh, was Gonzaga, and they lit up the scoreboard at least the first half down yeah. in Vegas. Had a shot and got beat. Let's go. Let's go. All right, our elite voice of the day presented by Sundance Mountain Resort answering what has your attention more tonight, basketball or football? Nate Crowley says, game day trumps everything. That's why no one should get married September through March. It's rude to have a wedding on game day. So that being said, basketball. But, yes, I'll still look at the football poll. That's why you have a wedding planner. Yeah. Just look at the schedule first. Today's Rise and Shoutouts presented by Mountain America, the official credit union of BYU Athletics. I want to give one to BYU Women's Volleyball. They're up to number four. And, Dave, why not Kalani Sataki? Why not Kalani Sataki? It's a good time to be Kalani Sataki. The appreciation we continues. Thanks to today's guests, Sean Farnham and D'Angelo Mandel. For the fabulous Dave McCann, I am Spencer Linton. Shout-out to Kellen Fowler. We'll see you tomorrow for BYU Sports Nation as we recap a huge night.